Welcome to Madison City Channel's Neuer Candidates Interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Kathy Johnson, and I would like to introduce Nito Amato, running for Alder from District 9. As we begin, please tell our viewers a bit more about how your educational, vocational, and civic experience has prepared you for this position and why you decided to run for Alder. Yes, I think that um, as we got into 2020, no one expected a pandemic. Uh, Bill Gates may have, because he forecasted that about five years ago. But between the pandemic and its impact on the elderly, combined on uh, racial minorities, and when you look at the crisis the city was also facing on gun violence, gang violence, um, uh, almost an epidemic of shootings uh, throughout the city, uh, I felt I could no longer sit on the sidelines, that I needed to get back involved. I had served on the city council back when I was a graduate student, have uh, been chair of numerous committee boards and commissions, both for the city, the county, and the state. Didn't imagine me running for office again, but decided this was the time to do it. And I say that because I bring the expertise, the knowledge, and the know-how uh, know all in the criminal justice field, in the area of economic and sustainability. And I know how to put together coalitions on a legislative body to make things work. So uh, given the crisis before us, I came to the conclusion that I would continue my teaching at the university and run for the city office of Ninth District Alder. The first question is, what issue or issues have you identified as being of primary concern to the residents of your district, and how would you approach tackling them? Yeah, what's very interesting is I, when I made my announcement, there was issues that I definitely felt were absolutely critical to be out in front. But I did a survey of 2,200 households and had an excellent response of 20%, and it confirmed exactly what I was going to basically campaign on, and that is public safety is near and dear to everyone in the city, regardless of what your ethnic background is, what your cultural heritage is. 91% of the constituents that I received surveys from in the 9th District, public safety was key, and restoring the funding to the Madison Police Department. The other thing is, is that parallel with that is a need for reforming in the criminal justice system and racial disparities. So contrary to some of the political polarization that's been going on, that you're either for the police or against the police, or you're for criminal justice reform or not, that's not true. There are people who want both. And so public safety, criminal justice reform, racial disparities, which have gone much too far and long in this, this city, and we haven't really moved the needle since the Race to Equity report came out in 2013. That's essential that we start doing that, both on the economic side, as well as on the employment job side, both city as well as private. Water quality is also very key. Um, for 13 years, when I was at uh, Wisconsin Power and Light, uh, I oversaw all of the environmental regulatory issues, dealing with the DNR, EPA, uh, other agencies, and I bring water quality experience to that issue. Uh, one of my responsibilities besides environmental remediation and environmental affairs and management was overseeing two water utilities in the Wisconsin Power and Light Service Area. I understand the challenges and the problems 
and the remediation issues. And PFAS, uh, the man-made chemicals that are very toxins, are endangering our water quality. That's another important issue which I campaign on and which the voters also concur. And then there's multitude of issues from public transportation, affordable housing. Um, and I think equally important that given the financial crunch we're in because of the pandemic, we have to look at the way we do business in City Hall and look at ways that we can restructure some areas, consolidate in some areas, and at the same time, expand in some programs. So it's not a simple 5% cut across the board. It's really doing our homework that's needed. There will be an advisory referendum on the ballot in April about a number of modifications to the Common Council, including changing the number of members, making it full-time, and changing the term of office. Which of these ideas being advanced do you embrace? Why or why not? Well, let me simply say, and let me be frank, to turn Madison Common Council into full-time politicians Reducing the districts from 20 to 10 is the most asinine proposal I have ever heard coming from a progressive city of Madison. We have served the city well by having neighborhood representation. If you come up with full-time city council, you're creating a career path for career political operatives, career politicians. The moment you start doing that, not only are you raising their salaries from $16,000 a year to $67,000 a year, it's just going to grow into a monster. It would be a huge mistake. So I'm encouraging people to vote no. And in regards to um, changing the district size, it should remain at 20. When I was first on the council as a graduate student, we had 22 members and we met every single week. What we should be looking at is maintain the 20 districts and we should meet every week and not every other week. Therefore, we don't have to have sessions by two or three or four o'clock in the morning. In regards to term limits, I do support that. You have two council members, the one that I'm running against has been there for 16 years. And there's another council member that I think has been there for 20 or 25 years. Um, the incumbency has a tremendous amount of influence in determining whether someone's going to challenge them. I think there should be term limits. I think it should be no more than three cumulative years terms for the mayor. And I think there should be no more than 12 years or six terms for two-year city council members. I also don't support four-year terms. Two-year terms will keep people accountable. That's what we do in the House of Representatives. That's something we can do with the city council. So for coming up with a way to restructure government, it sounded like it was more of a plan to create career professional politicians, which quite frankly, I was shocked and disappointed that the committee had spent that much time. What they should be looking at, what they should be looking at is looking at ways to balance the power between the mayor's office and the city council's office. The city council now has staff, but it doesn't go far enough. The city council should have the financial audit capabilities, just like the legislative audit bureau has, to keep in check the accountability of department heads and the mayor's office. But I adamantly oppose full-time city council members. And you know, if you cut the council seats in half, you're gonna lose a lot of minorities in representation of the city. So on the one hand, we're talking about inclusion, and now you have a restructuring that's going to exclude people. So I hope the voters turn this down substantially. 
Homelessness, evictions, and lack of affordable housing are vexing problems for Madison that seem to have been exasperated in the time of COVID-19. What ideas would you advance or support to help solve these problems? Well, the challenge of homelessness is only going to get worse in light of the pandemic and the economic crisis we're in. And obviously at the federal level, I'm hoping that the Biden administration and members of Congress um, use their 51% vote with the uh, vice president casting the 51st vote to basically um, provide financial assistance to renters. Um, and at the same time, the city has to step up because the homeless crisis, even before the pandemic was bad enough. Now we're gonna see families that could be out on the streets. And somehow we have to enact some kind of a moratorium like we did with um, public utilities when it came to turning off uh, energy use during the summertime and wintertime. And somehow we're gonna have to address this issue and so much is gonna depend upon the federal government and the state government. The other thing is, is that if I may add, uh, the state government hasn't gone far enough. And once they do, I think we'll be better off. So we're gonna have to work both the state side of the fence, the federal, and we'll have to build more facilities here in Madison. With the selection of a new police chief and the creation of community oversight board, there's a lot of attention focused on policing and criminal justice, both from the perspective of racial equity in law enforcement and the concern of many citizens that in fact crime, especially car thefts and home burglaries, is increasing and the police response is inadequate. How would you deal with these concerns? Well, the first thing we need to do is get aligned as to what's going to be our benchmarks. And the benchmark should be President Obama's task force on 21st century policing. In that bipartisan recommendations, which was law enforcement throughout the country, and Noble Ray also participated in that in a support role, and so did David Cooper. That gives us the foundation to move forward to rebuild trust with our communities of color. And without trust among the citizens of this town and the police department, we will never be able to um, get ahead of the crime problems we're now facing. Um, I'm honored to say that both Noble Ray and David Cooper has endorsed me in the primary and will continue their support into the general election. The reason for that is that I, in fact, chaired the task force on race relations under Sue Bauman almost 20 years ago. And we addressed the issue of racial profiling, which the police chief at the time, who was Chief Williamson, denied was going on. But in fact, it was. We came to common ground with communities of color and the police department and the laws and ordinance that we adopted at the city were later adopted by the state under Governor Doyle. So I have the experience and also I teach criminal justice uh, down at UW Platteville. And so when I look at the oversight board, the new police chief, our desire to address the crime issues combined with the importance of bringing us together, we need to either create a action task force with all the players and actors to make sure we're on the same page. And what we really wanna do is change the culture of policing to a more protect and serve culture and get away from this military mentality culture. Madison businesses of all kinds have been severely stressed during the past year. What if anything would you propose to support business revitalization? Between the unfortunate demonstrations that turned violence in downtown Madison uh, last summer, 
combined with the pandemic and the horrendous impact it has caused on the hospitality industry. And I hate to say this, but the value of the properties in downtown, we have to put a priority revitalizing downtown Madison and other small businesses. And what's equally important, if we're going to talk about being an inclusive city, almost two-thirds of those small businesses are inclusive of different cultures, different religions, um, different ethnic groups. So I was disappointed when the city council couldn't create a large enough fund to at least offset those costs of the damage that was done during the demonstrations. And I think we have to look at a way to streamline our regulations so that we can turn around and provide small businesses the ability to do more outdoor seating following the guidelines. Lastly, what's needed is I think we're going to have to look at the shape of downtown Madison and use a combination of what they've done in the Twin Cities, uh, create a promenade uh, in State Street, but enclose the streets in glass canvases, just like they did in Minneapolis, and still have an open promenade. This way, people can enjoy the environment year-round, winter and summer. We have to think outside the box. Simply um, hoping that somehow they're going to get back on their feet is not going to work. So I recommend that the mayor, the city, Chamber of Commerce, and the small businesses, both on State Street and throughout the city, come together on a task force, report back in six months, that if we ever have to get in a crisis like this, what actions will we take? And in the meantime, what can the city do to assist them with potential TIF money, um, uh, revenue bonds, as well as community block grants. I also support creating a minority-owned investment company that will also create more small business development for uh, African-American and Hispanic entrepreneurs. What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview? Well, we're at a crossroads in the city. Uh, we were already having challenges with the crime, budgetary issues, trying to deal with not um, obtaining our sustainability goals. You combine that with the pandemic and the violence that took place. Uh, we really have to have people who have experience on the council. That's why I'm running. If in fact this was business as usual, if we weren't facing the crises we have been talking about, I'd probably back one of the other candidates against the current incumbent. But that's not the case. I can hit the ground running. I've been there, I have a proven track record. And if I am given the honor to uh, be back on the council in the primary and in the general election, they'll have my unconditional support that I will do what I can in trying to turn Madison in a much more inclusive city and address the immediate issues, something that I did many years ago and will do this time around if elected. I'd like to thank Nino for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. As with every election, please vote. On behalf of Maddie's Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us.